What makes a great fashion illustration? Magic, movement, the mark of the hand, summing up something as simply as you can without showing all the stress and the bloodletting that it actually involves. I think, um, who said, who said, Paul Clay said that um, uh, drawing was taking a line for a walk and I think fashion drawing is taking it dancing and when it works everyone's happy, it's as light as air and it's a collaboration, remember you're drawing someone else's, you're interpreting someone else's work, mm. you're not the designer, you have a responsibility to the other person. Mm. So when it really, really works, it's the best of you and it's the best of them and it's this dance. Mm. And when it doesn't dance, you've got two left feet and it's not good. But I think the great fashion artists, and I, I use the word advisedly, the great fashion artists were artists. Mm. They were artists whose subject was fashion. And all of those people from Le Pape and Barbier through Eric and Boucher and Antonio and Gruo, they held a mirror to the times in which they lived. Mm. And they showed what was happening every bit as much as Avedon and Penn and Beaton. And I think, you know, we have to take it seriously. And I always say fashion illustration is only superficially superficial. It's going to be my uh, autobiography, that actually. <laughs> only do, superficial. Do you personally ever get frustrated with the tag illustrator? Would you prefer to be called an artist? I think, to me, an illustrator illustrates copy or text or a point. Mm. Uh, a fashion illustrator is a label. I don't like labels. I try and avoid them wherever I can. I, I'm happy with whatever label. You know, I, I can't control what people, how people describe me. Um, I sometimes like to say fashion artist, like, mm. you know, it's the next bridge. But I grew up, you know, as an illustrator, as a commercial artist, and never thought I could be a fine artist. I was at that point where those disciplines were completely, completely separate. Mm. So um, I don't know. <laughs> Ask me again. <laughs> ask, ask me at the end and I'll have come up with a cogent. Maybe 50 years ago, people were saying that fashion illustration was dying or it was dead. Yeah. Why the resurgence? Because I think, I think you'd agree that there has been a resurgence and a newfound interest. Well, A, it never died. It's like couture. Mm. Everyone's saying couture, it's over, it's finished. It's a dying swan, it's Camille, it's on the chaise long with the bloody handkerchief. <laughs> and there it is every year. And it kind of, it finds its own level. And I think fashion drawing does the same thing. Um, it never went away, it had to find somewhere else to exist because the high-end glossy magazines don't use it now in anything like the way they used to. And remember drawing and uh, illustration, artwork predates photography. Yeah. We once had it all to ourselves, then we kind of lost most of it. Now the, you know, the page has turned again. I definitely think there is a, a revival of interest. interest from journalists, interest from uh, students who want to be fashion illustrators, is an interest in the history of it. I can't say it's revived in, you know, it hasn't blossomed again where it used to be. You don't see it in Vogue very much. You don't see it in Bazaar very much. You know, that in a sense has moved on. Mm. Uh, but you find it all over the place. You find it, you know, in galleries, on cards, on t-shirts, in collaborations. It's everywhere. Um, 
But the revival of interest, which people do talk about a lot, um, how great, you know, yeah. we need more. You mentioned photography there, and I'm interested, mm. do you see illustration as a kind of competitor to photography? No. 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 <laughs> Absolutely not. I think they are in sympathy, in harmony. I think drawing makes photography look good. But people have set, you know, they do set it up. It's what can... Actually, don't ask me this question. I'm, this is the question you mustn't ask me, which is what can photography do that drawing can't? And what can drawing do? You know, because they are completely different things. I'm going to have to ask that now. Okay, go on. <laughs> well, I'm ready. What, what I'm drawing... ready for it. What can drawing do? It's one person, usually one person's response. Mm. It comes from the eye, the hand and the heart, as the Chinese say. And it's done in a moment. Photography increasingly is a group effort. There's a lot of people involved. There can be. And it's a different thing. But I celebrate photography. I have friends who are photographers. <laughs> so let's just leave it at that. But I, yeah, I'm fascinated by the interplay between them. Do you like fashion as an industry? Because it can be a cruel industry. It can be a very pacey industry, as you implied. I love it. I feel at one removed from it. I often think I'm parting the red velvet curtain and getting the best from it. I don't live in it in that sense because you are, you know, by the nature of my work, I'm at one remove in a way. Yeah. Um, I always say, you know, fashion has its share of airheads, egomaniacs and people you would rather do your own root canal work than speak to. But I think it only has its share. I don't think it has more than the movie business. I don't think it has more than music. I don't think it, you know, get a room full of writers and you'll know what I mean. It tends to be that they're younger, prettier, get in trouble earlier, you know, make headlines. It's an easy target, but I've met the most creative, extraordinary, fun, interesting, difficult people in the industry. You've said in interviews before, you know, that you used to sort of draw a lot as a child to the point where your parents were kind of worried that you weren't socialising enough. What did you used to yes. draw? Uh, well, they did. Yeah, I did. I loved drawing. You know, yeah. when I was a child, Picasso used to say, I understand, that he could draw like Raphael at age eight. And if I'd have known who Picasso was or Raphael, I would have <laughs> said the same thing. I thought I was genius. You know, I, had, I lived in a bubble. I lived in rural Kent, surrounded by orchards and cherry trees. And, you know, and I didn't know any better. I didn't, there weren't, I didn't go to galleries or anything, so I just had this funny knack, this skill that um, was unusual. And because I didn't know any better, I thought I was brilliant. Mm -hmm. And that's a really lovely feeling. You know, I lost it, and you never quite get it back. But as a child, I sure had it. And I was just copying photos. I was copying film posters out of magazines and newspapers, actually. Mm -hmm. Evening Standard used to do, like, all the films that were opening that week. And in those days, film posters were drawn. Mm. And boy, have we lost a lot now, mm. because now no one can do them. Now they're just mugshots mm. of celebrities. But then it was an art form, and I used to love to just sit and copy. I'd sort of lean over the dining room table with a pencil, copying. You know, I'm sure they were dreadful. <laughs> but at the time, I thought they were amazing. So was it always people that you liked drawing? Yeah, I, was, uh, I felt I was good at people. And I had this knack, and it is a knack, I think, of getting a likeness. Uh, Milton Glazer, a great um, American artist, graphic designer, said a, a uh, 
likeness is a knack. Mm. And I agree with him. I think I have the knack. You know, it's not special really, it's just a knack. I'm interested that you talk then about this moment where you stop thinking of yourself as a genius and stop thinking that your drawings were perfect. Was that school? Was that education? No, no, I got all through school being a genius (laughs) because I was um, the only one doing art. So I got the art prize. You know, I, I was really, really in a bubble. By the time it got to sixth form, there's just me. So I go up every year and get the art prize. You know, it's brilliant. Of course I'm brilliant. And then I go to art school and everyone can do what I do. Mm. Everyone. And it was like the magic just left me. Mm. It was just like I'd lost it. And I, it sounds naive. And obviously when you talk like this, you're editing your life. You're kind of simplifying. But I do remember um, thinking this isn't fair. You know, I, I had this thing. And uh, I got to art school and I sort of lost drawing in a way. Did it ever put you off? Did you consider another path? No, because I couldn't do anything. You know, I've become, and now I am so de-skilled in life. You know, I need help with everything. (laughs) I I have become this focused person that can just do what I do. Mm. And if you ask me to do anything else, and what I love is meeting someone and they can speak Cantonese and they ski and they, you know, can whip up a souffle and they just have these skills and talents. I have... I have the one, the one you know about. And tell me about starting out as an illustrator, because you worked for a long time as a commercial illustrator and you were doing sort of lots mm, of mm. lots of commissions that came along, some of which are quite intriguing. You did a lot of romantic <laughs> I know where you're going. You? I know exactly the where you're going. Manual. Yeah, the sex manual. The sex manual. It goes straight there. Um, well, you know what? I kind of limped through college, I would say. I, was, mm. I got a 2-2. I wasn't, as I said, I wasn't the star student. I wasn't the one you had expectations of in a way. I got through it. And I didn't have another talent, so I sort of had to do it. But I was going through the system in the um, when late seventies, early eighties, and in those days you were a graphic artist, a commercial artist, or a fine artist. Now that is so blurred. You know, the most commercial artist in the world is probably Damien Hirst, who's a mm. fine artist. Mm. But then. The twain never met. Mm. You know, fine artists were glamorous and they smoked and they kept their coat on at a party. You know, they were people that we didn't really dare fraternise with. There was a, there was a real a Berlin Wall affair between the two disciplines. And I had this thing and I had to get on with it. And when did you sort of, the style that we know today, when did that come? Were you drawing like that at college? No, I don't think so. I was drawing like everyone else at college, you know. I. I didn't have, I don't really hold with the idea of style. It's only now when I see other people doing my style, I yeah. know I've got one, you know, because it isn't really a style, it's how you respond to the world yeah, and how you yeah. respond to the paper and the equipment and the brief. Um, no, I wasn't drawing like that. I was literally, I would, my thing then was to keep working, to always be working. Mm. And so I would adopt whatever style I felt was necessary. Okay. I would, you know, because I was doing, Roadmaps. I was doing wine labels. I was doing frozen bread rolls, Waitrose packaging, <laughs> uh, romantic fiction. I was doing. I did. If you phoned me, I said yes, and I wagged my tail. You know, because I wanted to make a living. I could recognise a David Downton illustration. When when did that come? Was there a person you drew where you kind of got it, or was there an age where you? Was it when you moved into fashion? I think it was. I think these things are always cumulative. Mm-hmm. And I'd been working for 
a decade, 12 years. You know, when I do talks for students and I say, well, I didn't see a fashion show till I was 37, mm. you can feel this horror <laughs> and this silent scream. You know, have we got to wait till then? Because they're desperate, they're, you yeah. know, they're ready, they're hitting the ground running. I was 37 and I think the style, the response I have now is the, the cumulative effect of the years I spent doing what I did. And I found everything clicked at that moment. It was very funny, you know, I, I just knew, I went to Couture really on somebody's whim. Mm. And I was not a popular choice. And I thought, well, I'll never go again. I'm bound to get a great, you know, story out of this. And I wanted to go to Paris and be paid. It was so exciting. I'd never been mm. anywhere for work. You know, illustrator, the cliche about the illustrator with a cat and Radio 4 is pretty true, really. <laughs> and certainly the way I lived, angle poise lamp, Radio 4, cat. Actually, I don't have a cat, but you know, it, <laughs> it's quite an isolated, an isolating thing. I couldn't really work out why I was there. I knew it was this opportunity. I knew, you know, I'm going to Couture. I got off the Eurostar. I'd never been on that before. It only <laughs> just opened. And I went to the Ritz. And I'd never been to the Ritz. And I went and drew the Valentino fittings. And it was Amber Valletta and Naomi Campbell. And Mr. Valentino was there. And Mr. Gimetti was there. And Carlos Souza was there. And, you know, everything rolled out. I went straight to the Black Crump. I didn't have any nursery slopes. I just was thrown in. Literally went into Narnia. I've often said it, but it, it's the best way I can think of putting it. I, I went into Narnia. And when you look back at the illustrations that you produced during Dreadful. that Dreadful. <laughs> they were shocking. Yeah, they were bad. But I didn't know any better. You know, I, I was sort of paralysed with um, everything that was around me. Yeah. Um, and I uh, just responded as best I could. But no, they're not good. Why do you prefer drawing women to men? I don't know that I do. I think that, that the first person I drew was Marie Helvin, 1998. You know, it was the late 90s for me were beginning the first for everything. And she came to my first exhibition, which was from my couture. Uh, drawings at Couture and um, somehow I heard myself ask her if she would sit for a drawing and I heard her say sure <laughs> and it was this extraordinary moment it was a turning point I give Marie such credit and I did do the drawing it wasn't very good and then I did another one she was good enough to do it twice she was good enough to sort of say okay I see let's give it another go and we did and it was worked out well and Marie just she has this address book that's radioactive she doesn't know everyone she just knows everyone good and she opened up the address book and she said you should draw Catherine Deneuve you should draw Iman you should draw you know and I said sure and she wrote to them all and they all said yes why, so, do you think, why do you think they said yes why did she enjoy it so much I think she liked the drawing I mean you know they are photographed to death yeah. They are photographed, now they're photographed, you know, putting the bin out. But they're photographed every day, they're photographed on phones, but they're photographed in shoots. And I genuinely believe that it's something slightly different. And the wonderful thing for me is, generally, they think drawing is magic. I mean, we all do. The great thing for artists is, and I love to keep this myth going, is that drawing is magic. And photography is something we could all do on the right day with the right assistant and with the right model and, you know, it was luck. Now we know, you know of all people, that there are artists with a camera. Mm. But I think generally people sort of think that they could do it. 
and with drawing, everyone says, oh, I love, oh my God, I can't draw, I could never draw at school. Oh, you know, there's this little sort of intake of breath, it's sort of magic, which is great for me, you know, I just let them. Thank you. <laughs> you have favourites that you draw, you know, Erin O'Connor in particular. In is particular. One. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, you've talked about loving drawing Kate Blanchett or Dita Von Teese. Mm -hmm. What makes someone great to draw? It's about the line, it's about individuality, it's about character. You know, with a portrait, you don't get a portrait, you're given a portrait. Those people know exactly. Dita is genius. Mm. Dita is a genius. She's a modern genius. She's another one I know, like Christian Lacroix. My life is full of them. <laughs> but she's a genius in the sense that she dreamt this person up and she made it real and we all see it her way. You know, she's Heather Sweet from Michigan, blonde, whatever. She had the dream and we all hacked into it. Drawing her, therefore, A, she's fun and funny and she understands the gig. Um, and drawing her is very interesting. I can only draw her one way. I've tried, I've, I've drawn her several times. But you have to draw her vision of her. She's done it. Mm. She's conjured it up and it's a real illusion. Mm. I always say to her, you're a genuine fake. <laughs> because she is, she, she knows, but it's also real because she believes it. And because she believes it, we believe it. Mm. She's really terrific. I so you said I had to ask you again at the end, so I will. So are you an what? artist? And is illustration oh, God. Um, am I an artist? I would like to say so but I came through the system at the wrong time. So I've, I've got this little nagging voice in my head saying, you're not an artist. <laughs> you did all those wine labels and that sex manual and the romantic fiction and, you know, all of those things. But all of those things have made me able to do what I do now and enabled me to enjoy it and be thrilled by it. You know, I know what it's like to just be a drone drawing for a living. Um, so don't know, don't know, you decide, you tell me. <laughs>